Welcome to Up Next. I'm Gabrielle Boucher, millennial author and entrepreneur. Each week, I bring to you next generation leaders and millennial game changers to inspire you to change your world. Let's see what's next. This is Gabrielle with Up Next, and thanks so much for joining us. Right now, we have got Allison Lee Pillinger Choi, and Allison is the brand new author of a book coming out on July 5th called Bleeding Heart Conservatives Why It's Good to Be Right. Allison has an incredible story of how she came to become a conservative, and I am so stoked that we have her today to talk about her journey and to discuss what the future of the conservative movement is going to look like. So, Allison, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Gabrielle, for having me. So I'm just going to jump into it and ask you, why did you write this book, Bleeding Heart Conservatives? Great title, by the way. Thank you. Um, yeah, Bleeding Hearts are not um, exclusive to the liberal side. Um, you know, I wrote this book because um, after some time, I was just sick and tired of hearing that conservatives are racist, greedy, homophobic, warmongering, um, you know, name it, the list goes on and on. And I... You know, I'm not, and I know my fellow conservatives are not, and here's why. So I just decided it was time to um, write some thoughtful responses um, to these wrongful allegations. Um, And I took a a shot at keeping it modest, compassionate, and also succinct um, because it is uh, aimed at primarily a millennial, millennial audience. So what do you mean by conservative? Because so many times people think of conservative as an ideology, as a political standpoint, how you think about social issues. What's your definition? You know, I'll start with limited government. I think that that is something, um, a principle, an ideal that, uh, you know, a lot of people, at left, right, apolitical, and then left, um, self-identified left that I'm looking to persuade them can, can agree with that. We want to be independent and free of government regulation. Uh, you know, so I'll usually start with that because that, I think, is uh, more or less a common ground um, that I found most of the um, people that I've spoken to of various political persuasions. Uh, in so addition to that, it's... it's uh, mm-hmm. so, so you're saying... It has more to do with what isn't there versus than what is there. So, for example, smaller government rather than, you know, issues itself. Well, I will apply smaller. Well, I will apply the principle and the ideal of smaller government to the issues and why a smaller government is not uh, why a smaller government slash um, the individual um is will be able to um, help the various policy issues that we face today um, to be enhanced in, to ha- enhance the individual, in turn the family, in turn um, the community, um, and then in turn finally society and, and the world. So, Allison, why are you conservative? 
you're a millennial, uh, you're Harvard educated. I mean, all of these seem oxymoronic that you're also a self-described conservative. Uh, so basically, I feel like that conservatism best supports um, a limited government, which in turn allows the individual to be more in charge of his or her own free will in um it allows for mobility. It um, it also allows for um, people to make their own way. Absolutely, and for I, I'm also curious whether or not your parents are conservative, because so many people assume, oh, you're conservative. Clearly, your parents were, you know, strong Republican supporters. And Allison, you have a really interesting story in that your mother is Korean born and your father is Jewish and you're this really cool combination of cultures. And for all intents and purposes, people would assume that, you know, you you must be liberal if you're, you know, exposed to all these different cultures. So what do you say to that? Um, yeah, interesting, right? Um, my uh Asian side and my Jewish side both have demographics that tend to skew liberal and it's, it's um, counterintuitive. I feel like both, um, both demographics are, are, you know, known for um, self-reliance, um, hard work. Um, and, and I, I find that those are principles of conservatism. Um, you know, I think that, that um, for instance, the issue of immigration is one hot button topic that a lot of Asians will will hear left leaning media um, headlines of re- Republicans are anti immigration, which it's not true. Republicans stand for anti illegal anything as it applies to immigration, anti illegal immigration. Um, so you know, I I've come to understand that um, bringing it back to my upbringing, my my parents. Um, just encourage discussion. They they do lean right, not on all issues, but on most issues. Net net, they find themselves um, to be conservative and are registered Republican. Um, and you know we're encouraged to discuss issues of all sorts. And we learned that there are two sides to every story. Um, that you know there are unintended consequences, and with that fundamental um, sort of training paired with being informed on the issues. That's how I found myself to be a conservative and, uh, and also a registered Republican. Uh, you know, political persuasion is not, should, should really not be based on race, based on gender, based on religion. It's about principles. And um, yeah, my, my parents had, had, uh, had guided me and my brother on that. Um, but uh, as I grew in my own adult life and going into college and um, seeing what definitely what the left has to say about the issues, I, I knew that there was an, another side. And I, I agree with the way that conservative principles um, uh, direct, direct feel so like society you, should be directed. <laughs> so you went through college, Harvard no less. Did that make you more conservative or less conservative? <laughs> it probably made me more conservative in that I was just perplexed how um, 
you know, how liberal um, it it was, uh, you know, especially um, among my peers, it was just assumed that you would be liberal and, you know, just assumptions, that assumption wasn't good enough for me. Um, so I would, uh, you know, dig a little deeper into the issues. It, it was very tough to speak my mind on campus. While I, I was internally more conservative, I wasn't one of the brave ones to face um, the overwhelmingly left-leaning um, population there. Uh, Elise Stefanik is a classmate of mine, um, youngest congresswoman um, to be elected. Um, and she, I, I knew she was heavily involved and I would just think, wow, she's so brave because of what she was heavily involved in the political scene on campus. And I would just think, yeah, she was so brave for um, speaking out. And, and I agreed with that. I just wasn't there yet. And this is why, you know, 10 years later, I'm writing this book <laughs> to, my, to come out uh, uh, with my, with my true colors. It's so interesting because the, I'm sure one of the reasons that you wrote this book was to reach those kind of undercover or closet conservatives who don't feel that there are people who either look like them or live mm-hmm. where they live or are the same age as they are that think this way. So it's really an encouragement to not only say you're not alone, it's also too so helpful to be able to think through why do I think this way? Why do I believe that it's not okay that the government takes more and more of my paycheck every single year? And I'll, I'll tell you, as an entrepreneur myself, I never feel more like a conservative than when I have to pay my taxes, right? Because before <laughs> when I worked for people, it just was taken out. I didn't even know it existed. But then when you own your own company, you're writing a check to the government quarterly and you're thinking, what am I paying for? Right. And it's in those moments that you realize what role should government actually play as a millennial? Yeah. I mean, both of us are, are millennial women. And it's it's interesting to me how many assume that, again, being a millennial, you can't be a conservative. But even millennial conservatives, I've found, don't call themselves conservative. Why do you think that is? I- I have found that as well, and it is it is quite frustrating because, as you said, um, you know my 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 hope is that my um, you know making my case our case um, of why we're conservatives, other millennial conservatives um, or even you know apoliticals, or I really even think some self-identified liberals that just aren't aren't aware of the dozens of ish, other issues out there. Um, I think that by by stating our case, people will be more comfortable to say, hey, you know what, I'm conservative and that's okay. Um, especially being in Manhattan, it's, it is very um, it's very cool to say either I'm libertarian or um, I'm, you know, I'm um, fiscally conservative but socially liberal. Well, you know, I know when that buzzword is, well, I am so, uh, socially liberal on gay rights and abortion, and then, you know, as of, as of late, certainly gun control has been that third um, hot button topic. But um, there are a lot of other social issues out there that is such as um, school choice, um, education reform, um, tort reform. Thing, you know, that's certainly not in the headlines, but there are many other issues that would make one socially conservative as well. And, you know, I, I really hope and try to encourage um, right of center people to identify as such um, because, you know, similar to 
religion, because I know you use that faith as well. Um, I'm Jewish. Uh, my many friends, my friends are Christian. Well, we might not, you know, um, adhere to every um, aspect of our faith. We still identify as such, and there's nothing wrong with that. I feel like the same should apply to conservatism. Um, and I think that the more of us that come out and say that, the more others will be comfortable in saying that as well. I found that as I told um, my friends and various colleagues that, you know, I've been the one to make that first move to say, oh, yeah, you know, I, I'm conservative. I'm Republican, and people, my, the response would be, really? Me too. And I, we never knew that about each other. And it's kind of like this secret, like, it's okay, can we say it? It's, it's kind of an interesting dynamic, what happened. The, the secret handshake of, oh, you think that way too, right? Which mm-hmm. really shouldn't be a secret because we really do have so many others like us who have this same frame of mind However, unfortunately, we have uh, a, a difficult time communicating it, and we've been misrepresented for such a long time. And that's really what your new book, Bleeding Heart Conservative, really seeks to do. I wanted mm-hmm. to hear from you as, as an author myself. I've finished three books, and my, my third's coming out in August, August 22nd. But for you in this journey, what was uh, one of the most interesting things, either your favorite thing or kind of shockingly challenging part of writing a book? That's an interesting question. You know, one, one thing that I, I would have to say is as we're getting to, and my publisher and I are getting to um, the finish line and, you know, wrapping things up, the interior is finalized is finalized, I asked myself, do I really want to do this? I could be blacklisted, but in my social life, um, you know, there there are people out there that are going to judge me. And, you know, I've, I've experienced that regardless, but more on, on a, in a public arena. And, you know, I, I just wondered, do I want to do this? And um, my answer is, you know what, this is America. I should be free to speak my mind and I'm doing this in a very respectful way. Um, and I, I shouldn't feel, um, ashamed or nervous or scared. Um, but, but it's it, that hesitation does speak to how I feel like society, especially, you know, sort of among, um, through our college campuses, it's warped. And that is unnerving that, you know, I should, I, I know deep down in my heart, my gut, I only have the best intentions for for others, for society, for our world. And for me to hesitate is, yeah, that, that was weird, but, um, but I'm doing it. So, you know what, I'm excited. Good for you. I am very proud of you. And this is a message that needs to be put out there. And, and I love the title. I've absolutely called myself a bleeding heart conservative on more than one occasion when explaining <laughs> who I am and why. I believe the things that I believe. So Allison, thank you so much for, for joining us. Before I let you go, I ask all of my guests the same question. And it's, it's this. If the 12-year-old version of you were to meet you right now and see what you're doing and see you just wrote a book, what would she think about what you're doing? She would first of all, think, wait, why aren't you a professional tennis player who has a few Wimbledon 
um, titles under your belt. Um, but uh, then she would say, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. You're a published author. And, um, and I'm excited to be you one day. <laughs> That's very cool. Well, again, Allison Lee Pillinger Choi, thank you so much for joining with us and discussing what it really means to be conservative and what the future looks like as millennials and the conservative movement. Thank you very much.